the luxury of a show where no intro is required. Nothing yeah. must be prepared. Ah, feels nice like a warm bath, you know. Just We uh, have to prepare a bath. You have to draw it. It's a bad yeah. it's a bad example. Mm. I was just thinking it's luxurious. That's what I was thinking. The, the bath? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a luxury. Yeah. There's a luxury to not having a yeah intro. Oh, oh what? What do you like? What's what's a good luxury that you don't have to prepare? Breakfast in bed. You're you're the one receiving it. You don't have to prepare it. Yeah. I wonder who's preparing it. It's probably me. Um. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about movies as we always do. Yes. Is there anything in the movie world universe that we should talk about? I didn't think we had an intro. Um, There's no intro. Um, we're, we're right into the. Segments. I don't know. There's lots of things. Yeah. Going on. France is cut. Got it. Closed. Oh, shut down. right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be. This is going to happen at least at least one more time after this, and hopefully that'll be it. But I've lost track of. I'm I'm being completely honest, and I'm not being sarcastic at all. Um. I've lost track of what wave we're in. I heard somebody say that Europe is in a second wave, but we're going into a third. Is well, that correct? Uh, it, de- it depends on you know how you calculate it. It doesn't. The point is, is we are currently at the highest we've ever been. Yeah, right. Uh, we set. I think the last two days have both been um, awesome. increasingly high records, total records of uh, infections, and so let's just. Let's just pretend. Who cares what number the wave is? Let's just Fair. act like it's Let's, it's always uh, a wave. Just wear a mask, social distance, wash yeah. your hands. It's easy. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we just... We haven't actually talked about... This. It's called Co videos. We haven't talked about it in a while. We've been swept away on the luxury <laughs> of talking about fine cinema. Like the, mm. the, like the fine films that we've got today. Yes. Uh, we don't do programming really on this show but we kind of lucked into it today because um you had a movie you wanted to watch Mm -hmm. and i had a movie that had been on my list for a long time to watch yeah and so i just uh you know grabbed it uh it's like you know like in a a cartoon where a truck goes by and a guy wants to get on it or a buster keaton film and you just grab the the uh the the bar on the end of the uh right street car or mm-hmm. the fire engine and you go whoop and then you're just you know vertical or horizontal yeah going after it so that's yeah. what we did yes we're talking about mine first though yes I know I chose the 1981 film The Loveless yes written and directed by Catherine Bigelow mm-hmm. and another guy and another guy <laughs> uh, how'd I do uh correct am i fired that is correct it's, i don't know i don't remember the guy's name i don't either and i'm uh, trying to buy you time do you want me to to, to do like <laughs> the the, point of time is not to call it out is not to say that you are doing that so it's a guy named monty montgomery <laughs> and fairly bad at doing that a guy named monty montgomery who's a film producer i don't know uh his uh connection to Catherine bigelow um but uh, he produced other films, uh, and he produced uh, he, he he worked with Lynch a little. Like he did, oh. uh, produced uh, Wild at Heart, 
and um, the portrait of a lady, which has nothing to do with David Lynch, although what, the 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 film that just came out earlier this year. No, uh, the that's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes, that that is that is referencing uh, the um, Timmy James uh, adaptation of oh, Nicole Kidman, right. which has I've some sort of Lynchian elements, okay. some surreal elements, but it's not a thing. I thought this film had kind of Lynchian things too. Maybe it's just because it's set in the fifties. Doesn't know how to vamp. Also doesn't know when I'm building to something. Uh, and the now robbed of impact climax to me talking about Monty Montgomery is that he is the cowboy in Mulholland Drive. What? Okay. Sometimes there's a cart. Yeah, no, I remember him. It's hard to forget him. How many drivers does a cart have? <laughs> I should just go cowboy on you. That's going to rein you in, Justin Thoreau. You're going you're gonna to have to really toe the line. And then you can come along with me, partner. I mean, weird and creepy and Lynch's... I think we've talked about this before and we've talked about Lynch films on here and other shows. Like, he's just really great at getting, like, um, the... Just great, like, feeling the right person for that role. You know, and... Even if that person is, like, a producer that, as far as I know... Is not an actor. really an actor. Right. He has a lot of people who work in his uh, productions that are not necessarily trained to yeah. be an actor. He knows... Or... It, it, well, I hope that maybe he doesn't like all the people that he gets, like, secretly, but uh, I feel like for what he's going for, if he's happy at all with his movies, uh, he's nailing the casting. I think he is, too. And here we are talking about David Lynch, and we should be talking about Catherine Bigelow's yes. first film that she made with Monty Montgomery. Yes. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, the Cowboy. So, uh, um, The oh, Loveless... Yeah, you gotta say what happens. I yes, I gotta say what happens. Um... So uh, the – I don't know if that's actually their name. I think I see, we see it at one point. There's a biker gang uh, and the head of the Sometimes biker gang. biker gang. Yeah. The head of the biker gang is Vance, played by William Defoe. Is it William Defoe or Willem. Willem? That's Willem. what I thought and I was tripping myself up earlier and then I said it wrong. Willem Defoe, fantastic. Aren't you doing a recap? Yeah. Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> See, set you up for that. Um, and we find out at the very beginning he just got out of jail for a year. We find out later why. Uh, so these guys are, are are not great people necessarily. Anyways, they they're they're on their way to Daytona apparently for a race, and uh, but they they need one of their bikes is broken down and they need to get it fixed. So they they stop in this small southern town somewhere in Georgia. And um, the there a lot of uh, time is spent fi- working on the bike and kind of getting to know other people in the town. Um, a lot of horrible things happen. Um, <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe um, sleeps with a teenager who apparently at that time in Georgia uh, was not underage, but. We don't know she's, how old she is. She looks like she's younger than 18. we know that until 1914, the age of consent in Georgia was 10. She can drive. So we know she's at least 16. And it, it was 16. And it was 14. Yeah. Until 1995. Which is crazy. So she's older than 14. Continue. If there's any more to go. Um, And her dad is the crazy evil person in town who runs, who has found the oil whatever that means and we don't really get into it and he's just evil personified basically well he's ignorance and And corruption uh, and uh 
and um, prejudice personified. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think you got it. That's about. It, it takes place in. If I hadn't said it previously, it takes place in the 1950s, uh, early I, 60s, early 60s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, uh, but you it, it has a. How how do you know? Because of the cars. Uh, no, because they talk about um, uh, Richard Petty, and he didn't get. They wouldn't be. They've talked about. Oh, he's man. He's number one, and he oh. his career started in like the mid fifties, but he probably wouldn't have been like a top driver until, until like the early sixties. Okay, yeah. and I could be talking about the cars, but I can't do that anymore. There's a this is a there's a lot of car culture in this film. It's set in the early sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of amazing classic cars, rockabilly, and I don't. I didn't grow up in that era, but my parents did, and they always yeah. had to point out like. Oh, there's a Oldsmobile Starfire or something like that. It's uh, 60, 61, 62. Um, and I had a little bit of that through osmosis. But, yeah. But uh, I've lost all that. So oh, I, you I have? Don't know what the cars oh, okay. Are. I know what a Triumph motorcycle looks like. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everything is in period. So. Yeah, that's... well, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. We talked about um, this was, you know, you talked about Lynch before. Um, yes. And I think that this is like David Lynch, but with, with no wink. There's no wink, I, and and I think what why it reminded me of Lynch besides the time period in the small town was some of the music. Yeah, there's a lot of um, classic uh, music from the period, mm-hmm. and like uh, blues and uh, rock and roll, and not like uh, there's no Elvis. It's all kind of like deep cuts. Yeah, I don't know if that was a budgetary thing or if it was just let's What's... find things that fit the sort of feel of it, but. Do you know? Maybe you don't know. So maybe this is. Maybe I shouldn't even ask this question. Oh, bring but, it on. Why not? Uh, but do you know if any of the songs were like songs that were written for the film, just kind of like in that style if, of that era? No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, actually, maybe that's not. Maybe that's wrong because this might blow you away. Hmm. We were talking about how uh, we had just seen Streets of Fire, just seen a couple months ago. Yeah. And like, oh, well, the film's got a real rockabilly thing going on. Yep. Well, yep. it turns out that. The guy that wrote the music for the film, Robert Gordon, is a rockabilly musician. He's the Paul Rudd-looking guy with the flat top in the film. Oh. So we're watching this film. Okay. And what I want to say about the Lynch thing is that when Lynch has weird things or people are like, you know, spitting their cappuccino out or something, you're like, oh, this yeah. is a heightened thing. Whereas this is played pretty straight, but a lot of characters act in kind of a heightened way and... I think that Catherine Bigelow is probably totally happy. People can hear your burping. I'm sorry. She's probably totally happy with uh, how it turned out. But as we watched it, we're like, there's one actor in this film, and his name's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and this yes. is his first movie. Yeah. Because he was kicked out of Heaven's Gate because he couldn't speak uh, uh, Dutch or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, it's fun. It lends the movie a really weird, almost. Um, kind of amateur student film-ish yeah. sort of feel. And I, if you can say that in a good and endearing way, I mean that in a good and endearing way. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of great stuff going on in this film. There is a lot of um, very deliberate uh, sort of uh, film filmic artistry in what they're doing with the camera and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, oh, that's a good trick. But if you're a little more experienced... Maybe we wouldn't have noticed it because we'd be waiting around for like something to happen, and then you go ooh, and 
like do a, a pan or something like that. Right. I mean, there was. There's a lot of. I like, don't want to uh, criticize this necessarily, but there was there was a lot that's of. What, that's yeah, I guess that for. is why we're here. Uh, there are a lot of like shots that are are done to kind of get a, to establish atmosphere, atmosphere, it's and where we are, and it's B-roll done of like oh a drag racing poster, a pinup girl. The speedometer of a Harley Davidson. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, it's like throughout the film. And yeah, I get it. It's cool. And this is kind of like a love letter to the era. But I I, I don't know. I just kind of wish it didn't stick out so much, it's, I uh, guess is what I'm saying. S- sparse, the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if some of it had kind of a natural feel. I don't know if some of it was maybe worked up on the set or, or, or improvised. There, But there's some deliberate writing, though. First of all, deliberate is how I would describe this entire film. Mm-hmm. I would use it both in the, the strong choices of, um, of, of the setting. Uh, I would use it in the way that I often use it as, like, a complisult, a compliment that's an insult when I yeah. say, the pacing of this is deliberate. Yeah, right. But also there's some deliberate choices. Uh, when we first meet Robert Gordon's character... You know, he, Willem Dafoe has reached this town before right. them, mostly so he can have the little um, if, uh, encapsulated first scene where we learn everything we need to know about his character yep. going forward. Yep. Uh, where he helps the lady out uh, with her with the, thing, with their car, with their flat charms tire. her, and then he robs her at the end of it. And, and then, like, and kisses her kisses and gropes her. And her. Feel, and she's kind of like, all right. <laughs> that's, she, a, like, that's a Sunday afternoon. She was like not okay with it. And then I watched her melt into being okay with yeah, it. Yeah, which, which is good acting by her. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean that that happens in real life, but in the no. world of this movie, it does. Yeah. But right after that, uh, we see the, the gang uh, coming up, uh, bringing up the rear. Yeah. And they stop uh, at this house or uh, I don't know what it is, gas station. And there's an old guy there and they're like, Hey, tell us how to get to 17. We're coming off thing. He's like, where are you coming from? He says, it doesn't matter where I'm coming from. It matters where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm like, that's uh, a little, that's deliberate. But yeah. it's, it's, it's good subtextual dialogue to tell you about what this character is about. That's true. You know what I mean? And what, and who he thinks he is. Yeah. And I thought that that was good. That is good. But and there then... is a lot of sitting around. I like to call this waiting for Defoe. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, and I mean, we already touched upon this, but yeah, you, you said a couple times while we were watching it, are there any actors in this? And there well, <laughs> there, there are a couple times where like I held back laughing, and then there were other times where I actually laughed, and I can't even remember what they were now. But it's just like like the line delivery. Yeah, um, if nobody talked, it would... Right. I, I think the casting is, is really great. There's a lot it's of... It's very aesthetically pleasing. Faces. Yeah. Um, I read that they actually like consulted like the... Um, Museum of Modern Arts um, archive to get like sure. all the things right, and we, we, I was talking, I was speculating before. I didn't look it up, but you know, we're going to talk about a movie after this where they blow a semi truck up and have actual actors in it. And I think this movie might have cost almost as much as that film, mm-hmm. just because of the production design, which is yeah. great and is completely seamless. And if you didn't know Willem Dafoe from a million other movies. Which at the time and you put you a didn't. little grain on this, yeah, or clipped it to a different aspect ratio. I, you could try to sell somebody that the, oh, this is filmed in like 1963. It was like a biker, a forgotten biker uh, film. Sure, uh, and I think you might believe it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's done really well mm-hmm. and it's pretty seamless. Um, even down to like people's facial hair and just the sort of um, the settings. I mean, in 1981 or 1980, like when this is shot, you could probably go to Georgia. 
and find a crossroads and a cafe that needed no set dressing at all to Probably. be believable in the early 60s. Yeah. Now, not so much. It'd be a, a Starbucks or something. But um, but they used all that really well. Yes. Um, somebody besides Willem Dafoe, who I think did a, a, a fairly decent job in this, was the actress who um, was the, the waitress at the diner. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, she, like, Willem Dafoe kind of just starts a conversation with her. He's like, is this a town or a truck stop? <laughs> like, yeah. and she's just, like, she's kind of over it. And she's kind of, she's like, you know, my husband died five years ago, and but I just never left. But but you get the sense that she's really sick and tired of her life, and she really wants a change, and she's definitely into him. And well, yeah, she's into the change that he represents. Yeah, a lot and of the she's feeling a little reckless. A lot of the characters in the town are. Yeah. Because they're all trapped in their own little um, stories. Yeah. And then Willem Dafoe and the uh, biker mice from Mars like pull in and everybody reacts to them in different ways. And so the waitress is like, well, they probably have cool lives, you know, and the... The guy that owns the car dealership and is abusing his daughter is like, uh, or he owns the the oil company or in town yeah. or whatever is like these guys are communists and we gotta well, let's, let's let's kill them let's do some murders let's kill yeah. these guys right right and uh, and it, yeah everybody has kind of a different sort of take on it um, they get all riled up which is weird because it's usually it's the bikers who are looking for the kicks right but they don't even do all that much no not really i mean they do what bikers do but it isn't like they're gonna we gotta knock off the liquor store in town we're gonna do it no and cause some kind of trouble and it almost made me think just skipping to the end what if nothing happened it could have totally ended like what if it builds to this you could do this now i think in the 90s uh uh you would have done this in the sort of uh art house aesthetic of the 90s they come into town they get everybody riled up the guy's gonna go out. He gets his guns and his, uh, yeah. his in his in his um, corn whiskey or whatever, and they're getting ready to do something. And and the girls, you know, she wants to shoot her dad. She's got a gun, and all this seems like everybody seems inspired by, you know, the wildness of yeah. these guys. Uh, and then they don't. And then they're like, "All right, well, time to move on to Daytona." And they leave, and everybody's just sort of then the spell's broken. And that right. kind just skipping again to the end. Yeah, that kind of is what happens. Kind of. Except we have an orgy of violence because yep. this is a biker film and we need – and it's a Hollywood film and we need something. And so we we close that – I almost feel like it's it's so weird because it feels like it's in a different movie when the daughter finally comes in and, yeah. and shoots the dad. Yeah. Which kind of saves the bikers or at least saves them from having to fight their way out. Like once that happens – they shoot their guns and like kind of go wild, but it's more just like a woo kicks. Like they don't really do, they don't hurt I... anybody. They don't, they don't do anything. Nobody, there isn't like a brawl or anything. They get on their bikes and leave. She kills herself. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. also a big deal. But the the music is going crazy and we cut to her in the door and she, it's almost, she's having her own moment and the, the music, the diegetic music cuts out and it's mm. totally silent. And I don't think it's an error no. It's just a very blunt way of saying that she is it having another moment. She's in another world. Yeah, and I, right. I, and it made me think, like, who's the main character of this film? Like, whose movie is this? Because these guys the get on their bikes movie, yeah. and they do what I suggested. They leave the town and it hasn't affected them really at all. No. I, I – okay, I guess I'm a I, little fact, confused. I, I kind of want to – and then we see Willem Dafoe – who has had in some way a connection with her, but, you know, none beyond a physical. It's just like, 
that's a sad end. And he zips up his jacket, and I'm like, I want to see an anthology show where Willem Dafoe just drives around. It's like uh, Justified, only he's not a lawman. You know, he's a he's a petty criminal. Yeah, and he's just right. seeing, like, all these little lives, you know, implode yeah. in every town that he goes yeah, to. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, I'm confused because I thought that the that Robert Jordan's character shot the dad first, and then she came in and shot him again. Or a couple of times. Did she just shoot him a bunch of times and, like, he didn't shoot anybody? I th- Maybe I'm confused. Well, I don't know if it's just editing or special effects or whatever, but his gun goes off, but there is no... We don't... There's a couple specials where we see the squib go off, and it's after we are cutting back to her shooting. So okay. I just figured that he drew a gun, and I, I think he does fire first, but... There's no squib and there's no reaction from the dad until she immediately starts firing. So okay. either way, yeah, maybe he shot the guy, but either way. She killed him. How do you prove it? Yeah, I know, you know right? there's, there's four bullets in him and they leave right. town, so. Right. And then he shoots a bunch of alcohol and a sign. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and then and he like, just goes wild and yeah. a little VO from Moment to Foe. And, right. And good night. Lights out. Uh, yeah. Um... I feel like they just kind of threw in there that her dad, like, um, sexually abused her. I mean, I guess they, they do. Well, he was going to give her a Joker face or whatever. Yeah, I know. He he gave her a scar. And, well, I thought the Joker face was her mom. And then, like, he gave her a scar on her know forehead. know how I got these scars? I know. <laughs> but then when he, like, busts in on her and Willem Dafoe, like, after they spent the night together... She says, like, he he only did to me or he only, well, something that you've only done, you've done to me more than 100 times or something like that, right? And then, like, Willem Dafoe recalls that, like, later. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, I mean, okay, fine. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. It's just kind of like, well, this is really, this is really upsetting. He's not a great guy. No, I know. he He's, he's awful. He's we're, the worst. I'm willing to chalk a lot up to him, including yeah. his daughter's racism. Oh my gosh, what was going on there? Is it this just supposed to be like this is the South? By the white filmmakers to yeah. acknowledge something that would not have been in the black and white uh kicks films of you know of the sixties. Right. Um they're probably in color because it's like we gotta get that lurid color, you gotta see the blood. Uh, oh and then they all wear black and, and those black and white striped shirts. Right. Um so we have that. Um, we see the dad yell at a black guy, and it's like, who was that guy? He never came back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we're he just does supposed to get bad from that for his that he's dad, racist. But we don't know what it is. I, I missed what that was. And then. They didn't say. We do. <laughs> it's, 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 this is brave. This is brave. But I feel like it's treating things as equal. This isn't the legend of Bagger Vance or anything like that. Wait. <laughs> that's not even a thing where it's just a magic black guy. This isn't like a movie where we're going to. Get really get into racism, no, but or even have he established a... throughout the film that the bikers yeah. are discriminated against. Yes, and then Willem Dafoe is like, I want some booze, and so he goes to the closest uh, store, which is uh, in a black neighborhood. Yeah, and he goes in, and the the guys like the guy that owns the place like won't help him. He's yeah, playing they're playing hearts or something like that. Yeah, and finally he flat Willem Dafoe flashes his money, and the guy's like, fine, and then he like gets him this booze, and he doesn't even like talk to him. No. And Willem Dafoe, before he leaves, is like, uh, I'm not as white as I look. I know, <laughs> I know. It was a good line. And it's like, it seems like 
wow, is that reverse racism? But it's more, I think it's more just like, yeah, you hate me. Everybody in this town hates me. But like, I have, you know, you, you've experienced discrimination. I've got discrimination. Hey, I got a I black know. friend. It's not you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't call him brother. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Did you notice, like, is the gang called The Loveless, or is that just the title of the movie? Because... I think it's just the title of the movie. Well, okay, so the guy who has, like, the cool... I don't think they're a gang. They're just running together because oh. he was in prison with one of them, and uh-huh. they... He also likes racing or something, or he wants to... We never really find out what the racing is all about, but... Because the guy with the hair and the sideburns that go, like, um, go, like vertical and then horizontal um like he gets up they get up from the diner and we see the back of his shirt and i swear embroidered on the back well but embroidered on the back there's words and it's love and then right underneath it less i i i thought but it it's not like everybody was wearing that they were gonna call the movie like us 51 so clearly they didn't care all that much okay the movie was was all right all right um, speaking of being in prison, we uh, hear that he uh, went 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 away uh, for a man act violation. Yeah, tell us more about that. Ironically, Kale. the man act was passed uh, to stop uh, trafficking and white slavery. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. It's it makes kind- me even more nervous that he's hanging around with a once again young teen. N- there are no good people in this film. No, but I'm thinking that well, <laughs> I'm. Th- Thinking that it's the, hopefully it's the kind of thing that, because he's clearly like a, a robber, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, get him for that. But it's the kind of thing where you can, you know, uh, uh, Trisha, t- t- Tina, Darlene. Who are you trying? The, who's the g- gang girl's name? Debbie. Debbie. Yeah. All in the same neighborhood. Debbie, where's where's mom and dad? We don't know. So yeah. if he's caught with Debbie and a... And a local sheriff wants to put him away. Uh-huh. You just go. Well, this isn't you know. You're this girl's oh, underage. Oh, I see what you're like saying. That. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what it is. We don't see any except for the fact that he sleeps with a girl who is legal in that state. Uh, At we that don't see time. any evidence that yeah. he's. Uh, we got to get these. Uh, we're running these hoes down to Daytona. You know. No, no. They've been discriminated against. They want to live their lives. <laughs> okay. This is this is like this is if this is the early sixties, then this is only like. Seven or eight years away from Easy Rider, man. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. Although the Easy Rider guys were huge drug traffickers. They were. And they were, <laughs> they were more hippies in some ways than like. Just Captain I mean, they're, America. They're bikers. Yeah, I know, right? Run out of time. Um, hey, we need some blocking for the scene. Why don't you guys throw knives at each other's feet? What the heck? And they're real knives. And that went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like it's three. It's like, what is happening? I mean, maybe that's what you do uh, backstage at a rockabilly band when you're waiting to go on stage. I can see that. But real knives that wow. they throwing. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is pretty much summed up uh, with the uh, the service shop guy uh, who's just kind of tolerating these guys because they're yeah. paying for the garage space. Right. And then at one point, they're, they've been there all day and he's with somebody else. It might be the kid that runs the pump. It's and his he's son. Like, yeah. And they're like, these yeah. guys are animals. I'd love to switch places with them. I know. <laughs> like, oh, it tells you everything you need to know about the yeah, film. Yeah, right. Uh, would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. Um, Just warn people that, uh, you know, you're going to get settled into a nice uh, little period piece. And then we're going to hit like 
a strip montage and things are going to escalate quick. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, would you recommend it? Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. I, I would definitely, um, if, if it, yeah, I like it. If I had seen this, I'm glad I saw it now. If I had seen it when I was younger, I would have been like, that was weird. And just kind of moved on with my life. Yeah, right. And, and that is a way that people watch films, and that's yep. fine. But that's not yep. how I watch a film. Right. And I'm glad that I saw it now. Um, I think I'd like to see it again someday. Not anytime soon. But uh, <laughs> And, of course, um, Defoe is just a star. Like he's Oh, just, yeah. He's, he, it, he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, it, this movie wouldn't be half as good without him, I yeah. don't think. So, he's, yeah. he's really great. He's just clearly like, this guy's going places. Yep. And he did. And he He went did. all the way to a lighthouse. <laughs> you like my lobster, don't you? Oh, yeah. Man. Let's talk yeah. about your film. Yeah. Uh, so I chose another film directed by Catherine Bigelow called uh, Near Dark. Yeah. Um, so uh, this one was on my list. And since Halloween is tomorrow... I wanted to uh, watch another um, in the vein of a scary movie. Uh, I mean, it is kind of scary. They're well, they don't actually say the word, but they're basically vampires. So yeah, but I'll let you. Um, Thank you. Give a synopsis. Yes, this is the famous vampire movie where they don't use the word vampire. <laughs> Although the first shot is a mosquito. So I yeah, feel like we're, I know. we're getting away with a lot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this movie is about uh, a kid named Caleb. Uh, he lives uh, in a southern, probably southwestern. I thought they said Texas, but maybe I'm just making that up. I think you are. Okay. Uh, he lives in a southwestern town. Uh, and he is uh, the son of a, a veterinarian, you know, like a rancher. Rancher, yeah, type, veterinarian, yeah. yeah. A cow doctor. Yeah, a cow and horse doctor. What and <clears throat> he goes out, excuse me, um, on the town one night and meets May. Uh, May is a uh, young girl. Um, he, She seems mysterious. He asks questions of her, and um, she has no answers. And um, they start making out, and she bites him. Yep. Uh, and then she runs off. Mm-hmm. And then he goes home, and as he goes home, uh, he starts to smoke in the sunlight, mm-hmm. and he wonders what the hell's going on. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love these movies where we, nobody says vampire, but that's the first thing somebody would say. Right? If Bram Stoker exists in your world. What am I? I what's feel going on? sick. What, how can yeah. we fix this? Yeah, right. Uh, and he is immediately uh, abducted by... Um, I don't know their names. A gang. Uh, yeah, by Lance, Henri- Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Not an actor, or not a character. Lance Henriksen. In yeah, the right. Uh, Lance Henriksen and his band of merry vampires, including Jeanette Goldstein, Vasquez from Aliens, and Bill Paxton. A lot of Cameron regulars in this one. Yeah. Bill Paxton as a whacked out vampire guy. Uh, later on in the movie, when they go to the bar, the guy with the um, red hair and the beard. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's another... Um, um, regular, another. Um, oh, okay. Um, what you call it? Regular in a Cameron films. Cameron regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they basically uh, tell them the score that they are a roving band of dot dot dots, and yeah. uh, he's got to kill to be on their crew, or they're gonna off him, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill Paxton's real, um, real, real mean to him and bullies him a lot. And so, is so great. May movie. sort of takes him under her wing, and so to speak, and uh, try to make this work. But he just can't bring himself to kill anybody. 
and he eventually escapes uh, and the, they come after him mm-hmm. and his family. I, that's, that's the synopsis. Yeah, basically. I have to say it's really fun when when actors really – you can tell that they're really enjoying it. Like, um, Bill, like Paxton Bill Paxton has is loved having every role he's ever played. Well, that's that that's probably fair, but like you can tell he's really enjoying this. You know, like it's it's really fun when like um, they they get to play evil or monstrous characters and they just chew up the scenery, like Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys. You know, and like, um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's. Um, I, I just, I, 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 it was fun. That's it? I, I got distracted. Uh, you, you, you say you something can, for a you while. You talk a little quieter. Okay. You're very loud. Sorry. Um, okay. Well then I'll, I'll take over, I guess. Uh, yeah. It, I didn't like this as much as I have previously. Oh, okay. I don't, uh, I think you've got a good idea, which is vampires that don't say they're vampires. Now what? Yeah, right, right. And uh, there's, there's not, there's not, there isn't a lot. No, um, there's some good performances. I don't find, you know, the moral ambiguity of Loveless is is more attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Bigelow, at this point, at least in her career, likes uh, high women. She likes, um, you know, uh, wanderers. Uh, the, the morally gray sort of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that with, you know, in our vampires. Yeah, and um, and you know, Adrian Pessar is uh, is fine as uh, Caleb, but there's not a lot there. No, and I don't really know why I care so much about him <laughs> when I find you know Hooker and Diamondback and all the other vampires to yeah. be a little broad but so much more interesting. Yes, <laughs> like, inherently more interesting. Yeah. And and the movie in trying to avoid really hitting you in the face with vampires gives you these little glimpses like uh, apparently Hooker fought in the world uh, civil war. Yeah. Um so he's at least that old. Yes. You've got um the kid whose name I can't remember who is yeah. um possibly very old but he yeah. was turned when he was a kid. So he, he's, you know, he's an adult, but he still sort of acts like childish. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. A- yeah. Acts childish. Otherwise, he's like a really old pedophile in a kid's body. Right. Right. Uh, right. Which is terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. And um, so, you know, and it, and it has a happy ending, ultimately. It does. Like, you know, like the movie's villains, the movie kind of rolls to a stop at the end and bursts into flames. <laughs> And you kind of expect like a bigger showdown or a bigger climax. The villains are are not very um, good at what they do. They're horrible <laughs> they're, at what they do, which is why I don't understand. They're really bad if at Hooker this. Hooker has been around <laughs> since the Civil War. Why is he so bad at this? Yeah. And why does it? Well, feel look what he has like, to work with. <laughs> I know, but like, does he? Has he just like? been a loner for so long and he's not used to keeping a whole bunch of other vampires I don't know alive? I, like, like a lot of like a lot of vampire stories or, or werewolf transformation stories you know it's basically like who are you what kind of person are you mm-hmm. and ultimately Caleb is not somebody who can do this now maybe they shouldn't no. have picked like a really like a uh, fun and kind truck driver to be his first kill <laughs> but, probably not uh, but at least he taught him how to blow up a truck yeah right uh, and, but and then like Hooker was probably just always terrible, I guess. And May is right. like 
very a very young vampire. She was turned four years ago. She's clearly like learned the uh, value of self preservation in killing for for blood. Yeah, but is still a nice person. Like being, because it's not like a movie where becoming a vampire instantly like darkens your soul and you become evil. Like we don't know the nature of the vampirism. It can be reversed, so you're not dead. Right. Um, but it's a movie that... Like, it's like a virus or something. Yeah, but the movie tells like you right it. away that it doesn't matter. We're not going to say vampire, so the rules don't really matter. No, right. And that's fine, but ultimately you're left with just a story about, like, I'm a dumb kid who learns something, but not much, and then they take my sister, so it's like, give my sister back! And then they get the sister back, because Mae jumps out of a car, and it's over! And, and lands on the kid. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just yeah. That that wasn't a kid; that was a doll. I yeah, but, fair, yeah. fair. If <laughs> yeah. I was the stunt person, I probably want to land on the doll too. And a little uh, tangerine dream and lights out. I just yeah. don't think there's really much to it. No, there there there's really, some great scenes. There really is not a whole lot to it, and like, I mean, we kind of set up the the the, the nobody really trusts the cops, but we don't really go anywhere with that. Um, no, the only thing I can think of is that they talk about. Like life longevity and and stuff like that. Like the you know her first sort of speech to him is about the stars and the light from those stars and I'll be here when the light gets here. Right. And so maybe like the older the longer you go, um, the worse you become because if if uh, the kid and uh, Hooker are the oldest, they're yep. just inhuman. They're monsters. You right. Know? And, and we right. don't know um, how, how old Bill Paxton back is or Bill Paxton are. Um, yeah. But you know it doesn't. I don't know. Paxton's not a great guy either. Like no, and it's uh, I love that scene where he dresses up. Uh, you know, he slicks his hair back, puts on the polo tie, and he's like, "Well, hello, ladies." Oh my! <laughs> Can we goodness. have a party? But really, he's like a kind of punk type guy. He is, and he reminds me a lot of. So this movie came out in '87, and Vampire: The Masquerade, the game, started in 1991. So the people behind Masquerade, GDW or whoever they were, clearly saw this film and was like. Oh yeah, let's do a game. And then somewhere Tim Bradstreet is like sketching and he's like, Oh, that's perfect. I'm gonna sketch Bill Paxton with sunglasses on. He's got blood and a leather jacket and Vampire the Masquerade was born. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Um Is it, <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I do really like Bill Paxton's character in this. Um I I I wish I liked Caleb more and cared about him more. Um his family, I mean, they're fine. We don't you really know that in. much about him. You were taken in by his poop walk? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take out of he that. He spends half the film debilitated by his hunger, but yeah. instead of, I don't know how to communicate that, but he does these, like, shuffling walk. And then at one point, right. you pointed out that, like, his, I guess his stomach growls. Because he's going to have a Mounds bar, but it, it's not good enough. He needs the blood, right? Mm-hmm. And so it seems like he's got a he's got a poop. And so he's just like, uh, uh, I, I got to get home. My bathroom's at home. I need three dollars for the bus. Uh, it also made me think. Uh, my mind wandered a lot during the film, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it made me think that people always get bit by a vampire, and there's two holes on their neck. Now, is a vampire's um, fangs? Yeah. Uh, Razor sharp, or it's not a razor, but are they like a very sharp point? Because there are two sides to a bite. A bite closes. A bite is yeah. a is a is a vice, and right. you need pressure from one side to make the bite work. Yep. So shouldn't there be bite on top, but also bite on the bottom too? Yes, 
I think. <laughs> let me finish by saying. Anything else I, you want to say about the film? I think, you're welcome. Wow. Take it away. I think that whoever. Um, this is what I think. I think whenever they, they. The first film of a vampire. I don't know if it was Dracula or something else. Nosferatu. No, oh, was it Nosferatu? Probably. Murno. Did they have. Bite mark. I, is, we watched that not that long ago. He had ago. really, really long. He did. Fangs. So if yeah, there, maybe there was, but they were also squeamish about like there wasn't a lot of blood. So I don't know. I, I just was thinking that maybe like really early Think on, like a German expressionist, right? That, what would the bite be? Right. They 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 just did. They were like, oh, it would look cool if it was like two puncture wounds, and that just kind of uh, two stuck. Well, uh, two two fangs in his mouth. Oh. Right. Right. Right, or two fangs, two puncture wounds. Do they have fangs? We never see any of them go... Oh, we don't see it. No, but then they've got two big puncture wounds. I've seen... There's some... That's a good point. There are other vampire movies or genres where... Maybe they grow They don't have fangs, and so they just, like, have to tear your... They just tear your throat out and, like... I mean, we do see them just, like... Slash people's throats or, like, break people's necks. Right, or, like, yeah, or, like, you know, get get the tap started. Right, but, like... Should we talk about the bar scene? Let's talk about the bar Let's scene. Let's talk about the bar scene because I think this Probably is like scene. this is like Oh, This is about this the bar is scene. well I'm just saying Hooker is not a good leader. Hooker's a good cop. No, what? No. Sorry. Like he he like the it's like, well, Caleb, you have to kill somebody or you're out. Like they're going to kill him, you know, make him walk in the they sun give him or a something. Chances. Walking on the sun. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the remake. Right. But, like, so they pick a dive bar, and I guess, like, they walk in and they know everybody's going to die. But we don't know that. Yeah. And so they just terrorize these people one by one and, like, kill them in different ways and everything. And then they're like, well, let's set everything on fire because that'll solve our problem. And then Caleb is supposed (laughs) to chase after the one guy who got away. And that's supposed to be his first kill, and he just lets him go, and of course he goes to the cops. Well, they don't have time to kill him. They'll go to a motel and go to sleep, even though once you're inside, you can spare five minutes to kill Caleb, and they don't kill Caleb, and then Caleb is, (laughs) Caleb runs out and gets the van and drives through the motel, which was cool. That was cool. And uh, because he did that, now everybody's like, you're You're all right. right. I know. Slap me some skin. Yeah. You're okay. And then they I mean, sit down and they play cards, but it seems, or is it cards? It seems like they're going to like play, shoot themselves in the head, right? They're, they're going to play they, Russian roulette they, or something they, like that. It was like, was it, was it five bullet roulette or like one, one bullet? I, I don't matter. know. It's, they it's never some... get to the game. No. There's so many things in this that are like suggested and not, I, I don't. I, if they followed through, I don't know that um, that character actor who's um, is it Larry? I don't. I think his name's there, or maybe just plays guys named Larry, uh, who plays the um, the bus station dick, I guess. Yes, but he he grabs yes, him. I recognized him, and he's got and he's like, you know, son, what are you on, son? And we see that he has a um, a, a bandage, a wound on his hand, which oh, he sustained. He got stabbed by a Santa Claus or something like that. But it's like, it's bleeding actively bleeding. Through. And it's only, I guess, to have Adrian Pizarro be like, ooh, that's that's what I want. But it doesn't but, lead but him to do anything. He doesn't or he just do gets that, on the bus though. And... No, not really. 
He doesn't like see it and go, wow, your hand smells really good or give Let's me some of that. Here's a technique that, like that I learned from um, former protege, now the master, uh, Ella Pearson, on another show of mine. Let's yeah. say some good things about this. Okay. I uh, like the fact that uh, May has to, you have to sponsor your, uh, your, yeah. your, if you're the sire, they're the what's. I don't know Whatever. what the correct term is. You have to sponsor your vampire kids in. Yeah. And um, she doesn't do that because she's not really a character. And we don't really ever see her do anything. But I like that she has to keep killing and feeding him. And the way that he sucks on her, it's, you know, she's... she's It's draining her. It's draining her, but she's nursing him. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and eventually he's weaned. And no, he never is. He just goes back to being a human because you can do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Bill Paxson. Um, where Bill Pat? Well, Bill Paxton, who's just clearly—he's um, just having a good time. It's he's like at eleven. Right? Yeah, he's already been in Aliens at this point. Uh-huh. In fact, Aliens is on a marquee in the film. Ha ha! It is. Also, that was funny. I think they they were, they were dating at this point. I don't think they were married yet because they got married in '89. But this movie ends with like a semi truck explosion, like many of James Cameron's films do as well. Yeah, like she, was she that another that nod? From, she bit that from the Terminator. Yeah, right. Or Terminator Two, which wasn't out yet. Uh, but yeah, clearly at this point, he Bill Paxton can handle himself. So Bill, just do whatever you want. I mean, I liked the you know like him in the bar. That was fun. Blood all over his face. Um, I liked his. Uh, he had uh, spurs that he, you know, would cut people's throats with. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was just menacing. I'm going to get me my wet dream, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. What? It's like, what? What are you talking about? I know. Um, boy. Uh, Other stuff. Who taught Catherine Piccolo about wipes? Why are there so many oh, wipes? Oh, my in God. This movie? Especially at the beginning of the film. There's all these right to left wipes. I know. It's like, wow. Like, uh, Caleb's. Uh, misadventure journey home. There are so many wipes. Yeah. Walking is his dark gift. I yeah. Guess. Like he has to poop. Right. Um, I like the idea of, uh, there's, there's a little, what we said, there's some nice scenes. I like the scene where Hooker and uh, Diamondback are reminiscing about like when they first met, which <laughs> yes. is clearly the night that he tore her throat out and right. tried to kill her. Right. Uh, and then but they But he are... didn't kill her because he liked her. Right, Aww. right. But I mean, her throat would just grow back. Um, right. And uh, and they're like jacked or attempted jacked. And I like the idea of like the you know trying to prey on the on the hunters and like the tables are turned. I liked but that. We too. don't see what ha- we just know. No, what you're right. He just turns up the radio and it's like, all right, well, those guys are gone. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Um, the kid. There's a lot of talk about ripping faces off. That's yeah, like the, that's like the general threat in this film. The the kid vampire like. His MO, at least what we saw a little bit. Because at first I was like, they change vehicles a lot, which I think is, that part of what they did was smart. But yeah, he like, had a Huffy and then a Schwinn. Yeah, then... I know. But he had a bike and like he pretended like he had a bike accident and the wheel was spinning still. And some adult came over to like see if he was okay. And he goes, and, and that then we was, just that was cut to like the wheel spinning. Yeah, right. Yeah, Catherine. I know. I know. Catherine. <laughs> Uh, I love Strange Days. I love Point Break. That's a great film. Yeah. Um, yeah, tracking the dad and the sis, uh, I guess it gives him, Caleb, an anchor, but they were just kind of like, okay. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen either of those other films that you mentioned. I think Strange Days? Yeah. I don't think I've seen 
Point either. Break? Yeah, Point Break is on my list. That should be the next film. We should just do a Catherine Bigelow <laughs> month. And then we'll watch Zero Dark Thirty again because I only saw that once and I want to reevaluate it. Oh, gosh. I did not really enjoy and that. And I've only seen The Hurt Locker much. once. I did like The Hurt Locker. Ooh, let's, let's, let's do this on this show. Okay. We got a little time. So I was talking to Ella the other day. Yeah. Watch, watch your seat. Watch your seat. No. Uh, I was talking to Ella the other day about uh, 9-11. And she tried to – so this is the difference between um, the, the specific and general and why specific is so much better. Because somehow we got talking and I said, "What? imagine an alternate universe where 9-11 never happened. What would Steven Spielberg's career be like? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what we could have had Indiana Jones nine by now, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, it affected nine eleven affected all media." Well, that's the end of the conversation. I, I, my premise is you wanted to talk specifically yes, about because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Because except if unless he was doing something for pay, like everything he's done has been some commentary or like response to nine eleven for the most part, with very few exceptions. Yeah, like the and I think we've got that with Bigelow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, anyway, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they wear welding goggles. Yeah, when the, the sun. Was that what the, the, the thing over the nose? Was oh, that I, like. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he was, maybe he's just vain. He wants to like, he doesn't want his nose to burn or something like that. Was that like, 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 well, lifeguards put that white stuff yeah. over their nose? Well, I mean, zinc oxide. And yeah. There's no movie. Like, they would. They would just run the country, right? <laughs> just slather yourself in this. But I like that because, you know, clearly, like, it, yeah, that makes sense. It does what it does. But also, like, it, it, again, the suggestion of an interesting detail, which I can infer, but I don't know if you meant it. But, like, if, they're, if their eyeballs burn, they can't see. Good point. You can drive with a, with a charred hand, as we see, but if their eyeballs, the flesh of their eyeballs burn... Then they're screwed because they don't why, know where they're going. Let me ask you this: and they're though. driving all the time. Why? Why do not all of them have goggles? I feel like Hooker and Bill Paxton had goggles, but I don't feel like the rest of them did. Why, indeed? <laughs> um, Good why job was, making it specific? Sorry. <laughs> why? Killing, killing why? Why was uh, May out by herself at the beginning of the film? I think she wants out of the life, but she doesn't understand. No, understand know how. how to. Yeah. So maybe this is a, a stupid nitpick, but like she's eating like ice cream cone, and like from far away it looks like it's real, and then we get up close and it looks like it's plastic. So it's probably plastic. It's probably plastic because it was like can she eat a ice perfect cream? swirl? Oh, we don't really address that. No. Yeah, wouldn't it be gross to her? Like well, the they candy all drink, bar they all was drink to booze, Caleb. You know, at, at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Um. But the candy bar was gross to Caleb. Was that because he hadn't had enough blood? He hadn't po- had yeah, any blood. Possibly. I don't know. It seems like he he takes a long time to burn too. So maybe like the more the longer you're a vampire, the more uh, <laughs> the more uh, Kingsford you are. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, they they do kind of burn like charcoal, don't they? Um, yeah. Um. Matchless. Matchless. Speaking of matches, that scene in The Loveless. Let's go back to The Loveless. Where they're, they're shooting, when they're at gang practice. 
uh, oh man, I got gang practice. It's yeah, almost 10 p.m. I know. And they're just and they're shooting uh, at matches. I know. And the guy and he lights them. It's like it's like the Homer when, when he's got his gun and he's doing everything with the gun. Yeah. Turn off right. the lights. Blam, blam, yeah. Blam. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna turn on the TV. It Shoot through the TV, like and it, blam, and then on the TV, like it's a cowboy movie. And the guy goes, "Ah, oh, he falls off." <laughs> oh, and the Simpsons were funny. Um, time is a fi- not a fixed um, concept in this film. No, and then I was thinking too. I uh, said to you, um, so near dark sounds cool, right? Like it sounds like it would be a good title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it really should be like. I think I said like near like sunrise or something like that. That's but you the one said, with Julie Delpy in it, right? You said near dawn. Near dawn, and I was like, "Ooh, yes." Near dark is scarier because it's like, "Oh, careful! It's near dark." Right. But we f- we're with the vampires. We're with the vampires, and they're and suppo- afraid and, of the dawn. And there isn't like a showdown where he throws a saw blade and it cuts Lan- Lan- uh, Lance Henriksen's Lance Henriksen's head off. No, we're supposed to identify with Lance Henriksen. So if all these vampires are running scared all the time, they're running from the dawn. It's near dawn. Right, right. I like Lance Henriksen. But it doesn't sound as cool as near dark. It doesn't. It does not. I I do like Lance Henriksen as well. He's good in everything. Uh, Yeah. I I think that the the, the near dark could have worked more if, if like, Caleb – so Caleb's family rescues him and his dad gives him, like, a – blood transfusion like on the farm their family members is probably a similar type yeah whatever okay fine and it works but caleb then is like oh well that that was a crazy couple of weeks <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks? i don't know <laughs> crazy couple of days i gotta check and the date on that bus ticket and he's like he's like well that part of my life is over and like is not worried about it like at all like life is normal we are having a perfectly normal oversized steak potato non-vegetable like texas dinner yeah like (laughs) dinner uh for three people that's probably enough for six and (laughs) and like like if, if we had seen that even like him being a little bit paranoid you know, like, uh, it's dark, I can't sleep, or him just, he's <laughs> him not, not getting, not, not back to normal. in any way. No, he's not freaked out. He's no. not, like, he hears the swing and he goes outside and it's May, but it's just May, you know? And it's like... Right, yeah. And he's, and he's like, yeah, get out of here. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not Nathan Petrelli's fault. You know, he no. they don't they don't give him... There, there isn't enough for him to to really latch on to. And then you got the thing where it's like, what are you doing? Like, it, I'm going to mount up on my horse and ride to this showdown. A literal tumbleweed sort of awkwardly rolls past. Yeah. Uh, well, well, what did you think, too, about, like... Here's your snooty film fan opinion next time somebody mentions Near Dark. Be like, seen The Loveless? <laughs> it's better. Um. Uh, the, the the kid vampire like kid vampire kid vampire My there character. you go um he really likes uh Caleb's sister Sarah and has decided that she's his and he's gonna make her his mate for life yeah that shows up in the third act <laughs> and it's like whoa what like we've established that he he's he's an old man in a kid's body but that makes 
first of all, mate for life when you're like ten is weird, anyways. But it's plus you can't really. It's have really it. weird with an old old man and a kid. They body. want it both ways because he's old man kid body. Yeah, another character that I like. Um, <laughs> but he, he clearly wants like a playmate forever. Like he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably like twelve or something, but he wants very you know somebody his age he can watch TV with and and hang out with. And it's like, well, shouldn't you be like Baby Herman? In uh, Roger Rabbit, yeah, right, 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 right. With the cigar, three-year-old dinky, yeah, Yeah. right, yeah, with the cigar, yeah. Well, I did notice it's just a baby. This is like, um, the the same sort of thing happened when we watched uh, Poltergeist. There, there was um, the uh, they were watching TV, and it was like it it was the end of the night. Yeah, the sign off. Yeah, Yeah. and it was the sign off with the the flag and the yeah. I seriously, I I don't remember that as it, a, as a you know growing up. Is there at a name? All. There's a name for the Mandela effect. And let me real quick. We've got about ten seconds. There is no Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. The Mandela effect is, is is simply exists because of the internet. Because back in the old days, you only knew things that you knew that you experienced or you knew from colloquial right. you know societal knowledge. But now you can have an opinion, go off on your own, and then look it up on the internet and go. Wait, it's not what I thought it was? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go to this other area on the internet where a bunch of other people agree with me, and it's the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you just forgot how to be wrong because of the internet. Right. So anyway, you're having your own little thing. Is there a name for the effect where you hear – there's a German word I know – where you hear a word for the first time, and then you start hearing it everywhere? Because that's what that's you yes. and the uh, network sign-off. Video. Right, 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 right. Yes. It's called Frugengrabenschmirgen. It got a little uh, Swedish at the end there, but you get the idea. <laughs> it's a loan word. Uh huh. Right. Gemutlichkeit. It's not. That's not gonna. Yeah. That's a real word. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. We're okay. Gonna, we're, we're gonna sign off. We'll be back in the future with more videos. Recommend? Yeah. Um. I. I would actually. Would you? Everybody. Yeah. You gotta watch it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Watch the Loveless. Get your kicks. <laughs> I